0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, a podcast where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Kent Annan, co-director of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College, and I'm joined by my HDI colleague, Jamie Aiton, and our producer, Laura Finch, to explore ways we can more effectively love our neighbors, from everyday acts of kindness to navigating the most complex humanitarian challenges facing church and society. The name The Better Samaritan was inspired by a sermon on the parable of the Good Samaritan from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said, quote, it's not enough to aid the wounded man on the Jericho Road. It is also necessary to work to change the conditions of the road that made robbery possible, end quote. And you can find a link to that sermon in the show notes. In our work at uh, the Humanitarian Disaster Institute, we see many well-intentioned Christians set out to help those in need who end up unintentionally causing harm, or at least not doing as much good as they'd hoped. This is a podcast where you can listen in as we learn from the wisdom and experience of those who are seeking to be better Samaritans through their work, so we can all help those with urgent needs in front of us today and improve the road so others can walk it safely in the future.
1: Hey everyone, it's Laura. We are feeling really somber today. Um, As we record now, it's been not quite one week since the U.S. Capitol was historically breached articles of impeachment have just been introduced. And, you know, the Better Samaritan is actually not a political podcast. Um, That's not the purpose or intention of it. But we did feel like this was such a um, pivotal moment that we just really wanted to start out by processing the events of this week together. Next week, we'll share our very first interview, which we are so excited about. It's a conversation with Michael Ware, who's a leading political strategist. He has worked in the White House Office of Faith-Based Initiatives, and he'll help us think through some of these really big ideas surrounding the purpose of politics and our place in politics as Christians. But you'll have to subscribe now to get that episode when it drops, uh, which will be next week. But for today, we're just going to hit pause and just have a conversation, the three of us. So, um, Jamie and Kent, you wrote an op-ed for the Religion News Service last week um, that I love, and I especially love one line from it. Um, As evangelicals, we must recognize, confess, and lament our role in allowing Christian nationalism to fuel these kinds of actions, can you unpack that a little bit? What does it mean to recognize, confess, and lament our role, um, even if we had no part in the rallies and and consequent riot that happened last week?
0: I think. Thanks, Laura. I, I, yeah, as you said, it's a, a different tone even than that you'll hear in the conversation with Michael in a little bit. And um, I think as we do this and we wrote this op-ed, we just always want to take these moments to love our neighbors, as Jesus said, whoever they are, friends, enemies, people in between. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we want this to be moments to condemn acts of mm-hmm. violence. Uh, We also want them to turn into moments of reflection and confession to see, okay, is this something that my community was part of? Is there anything I had to do with it? Like what's happening in our country? And there's been a lot of reflection like this, but I think that was, you know, we stand strongly against what happened in the riots. And we also thought, okay, let's, let's think about how do we do this faithfully as Christians? And that involves this sort of uh, reflection and lament and confession element.
2: Yeah. And just to pick up on one Kent was sharing that I think as Christians, that lament piece is so important to us that it really should be us grieving and recognizing the weightiness of what happened and, and what we witnessed uh, with the riots and the insurrection. And But at the same time, that as people of faith, that we can hold on to hope even during these difficult times and that out of that hope that we should denounce the acts that have happened, but not just with our words, but also with our actions.
0: Right, exactly. I, th- I think and I've think, i seen some of this and I feel like there is more that has to be ahead is, you know, it's not just a, a one vote issue. It's not just a, a one vote issue four years ago. You know, what did we do in the ballot box? And it's, you know, uh, people can be faithful on different sides of issues and it comes down to two choices. Um, but there's this other issue of discipleship, like this long-term, who are, who are we? Who are we being formed by? Who are we listening to? Uh, how are we seeking truth? Uh, how are mm-hmm. we being shaped by the love of God? And so, you know, that's a lot of what this podcast is going to be about and so I think that's why we want to think think about the uh, about voting is certainly an, a vital part of this, but it's also so much bigger than this for other actions we take and also uh, for who we're being shaped as as people and as communities.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and with what Kent was sharing there, that, that I think that that lack of discipleship and lack of being able to really discern, you know, truth from from really just untruth, uh, in many cases, with the way things have unfolded, that we saw people mistaking their their f- fear for faith and their faith for politics.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, there's another line in this piece. Um, And I know at the Humanitarian Disaster Institute, the the students in the master's program there spend a lot of time on um, mental health issues and talking about um, psychology issues. But there's a line in this op-ed that says, studies have shown that when groups feel threatened, in-group and out-group differences are more likely to be inflated. Tell us more about what that means. What are in-groups and out-groups and how do they affect human behavior?
2: Well, simply put, when we talk about this idea of in groups or out groups, so this is something that comes out of social psychology as a field of study. And and it can be defined in some ways as kind of those who we identify with and those who we see as being different from ourselves. So that could be based on you know the color of our skin, on shared beliefs, really on almost any type of uh, topic that could divide us or categorize us in one way or the other. And, and oftentimes when I think about this in-group out-group difference, one of the things that we see happen, and we actually saw this occur on the Capitol is with, when those perceived differences become to the point where they're feeding fear, people start to kind of, if you remember like those old Western movies where the uh, cowboys circle the, the, um, the wagons around everyone, where they're kind of, you know, literally separating themselves from everyone else. And that's what we see when in-group to out-group differences go to the extreme. And they are oftentimes associated, we know, with biases and prejudice um, and even extreme behavior.
1: I'm still just trying to process the fact that these people were carrying signs saying, Jesus saves, you know, as they're breaking glass. And as they're wounding and actually killing Capitol police officers. Um, It was also, this event happened at the culmination of a multi-day sponsored event called the Jericho March, um, Mm. which was full of prayer rallies, you know, blowing shofars to try to reverse election results. What do you guys make of this? And, And what would you say to people who are just feeling really disillusioned right now. Maybe they were already disillusioned by the church. And this is just the final straw.
0: Yes, I think uh, and it's a great question. And, you know, some of these I- images really are, again, um, disturbing that we see in this mix of, of politics uh, and then violence. And then along with Christian imagery, you know, is really important for us, like you said, Laura, to pause at You know, we quoted in the op-ed, you referenced uh, Pastor Tim Keller, who's a well-known evangelical pastor, who said for Christians to just, he didn't say it about this event, but he said in the past, for Christians just to completely hook up with one party, one political party or another is really idolatry. It's also reducing the gospel to a political Mm -hmm. agenda. And so I I think we see sort of an extreme version of that where our calling is to be engaged in politics, I think is part of loving our neighbor, but it's not to align with the political party and certainly not to align in a way that leads to, you know, like to the killing people and and um and doing what we saw in the Capitol this past week. So I think that's that's the thought that comes to my mind is um, you know, there's this extremism uh, that can happen, and we we want to be. That's the reason we want to reflect and and think back and think think about what other people are doing. We certainly want to do that and and make sure that it's not harming others. And then also think, what is what is my role? What about my community? And be self reflective as well as reflecting
2: on what's happening out there.
1: Yeah, Jamie, any other um, reaction?
2: You know, I, I think what Kent was sharing there is, is really spot on. And as I further have kind of been reflecting the last few days on how the news story has been evolving, that, you know, when we see these types of images, that they should break our heart. And one of the things that was really concerning to me was that for many, those initial images that we saw when the riots first occurred and um The the mob started to storm into the Capitol building that a few days later, you started seeing additional stories coming out saying, oh, it was actually way worse than what you thought. And it made me actually pause because I realized, oh, my goodness, I knew it was horrible, you know, and it broke my heart when I saw it. But the fact that the media is now having to tell us a few days later, no, no, you really don't understand how bad it was like that tells us like how kind of numb we've come to some of the imagery and the ways that faith and politics are being used in extremism type of ways. And so really think that we need to open ourselves to feeling that again, going back to that sense of lament and, and the struggle that's there. And to also know that our words really do matter. And so for those who are feeling disillusioned, I do want to encourage them that I don't think that what happened on capitol hill is representative of all christianity that what we're looking at here was really seeing more of a christian nationalism which i think we need to start having more nuanced ways of talking about our faith and you know it used to be don't talk about these things and one of them was faith right and, and another was politics but because we've tabled that conversation for so long we've now let some of these things start to bubble up and we don't necessarily know how to talk about them in a nuanced fashion, but our words really do matter. So I hope that people will continue to engage as a way of dealing with additional loosening.
0: Yeah, that's great. I really well said, Jamie. And I think, you know, this podcast, I think we will, we're, it's the better Samaritan. It's about loving our neighbors. Like my, I think our assumption for all the three of us is, you know, right now, if you're listening, like it's going to be Democrats listening and Republicans listening and independents listening who follow Jesus and want to love their neighbors better. And that's, that's what we want this to be uh, about. But then, you know, sometimes this will intersect with politics from different angles and different sides. And, and that's okay. And I think Michael's conversation is going to talk about healthy, faithful ways to do that, even without agreeing in this upcoming conversation. Um, And I was thinking too, as you were talking about lament, just then Jamie and uh, you know, I was living in Haiti during different times of political upheaval and working there and lived through the run-up to a coup d'etat that actually happened and was successful there. And was out of that it was born this book, Slow Kingdom Coming, that I wrote. And one of the things I write about lament is, you know, that God's kingdom is slow coming, but it's coming and, and there's a time to lament. Uh, and then we want to make sure that that moves into hope because God's kingdom is coming and we see it breaking through. And then it's a time for commitment the commitment of how am I going to participate in God's kingdom coming? And I think that's very much, you know, we're reflecting here. We're the three of us are still processing. And I'm sure you're probably processing this still as you're listening. And we want to lament and then we want to be rerouted in hope. And then we want to commit to how God's kingdom is coming. And I think that's what we're, we're trying to do, not just in this episode, but throughout the rest of the episodes of The Better Samaritan.
1: And we are so excited to do that together. Um, To close today, we wanted to read something. Michael Ware, our guest for next week, has this great email newsletter. It's called Reclaiming Hope. You can find it in the show notes. And he wrote something really insightful after what happened at the Capitol, which Kent is going to read now.
0: Um, So this is his uh, Reclaiming Hope newsletter. And these are Michael's words. Uh, We have not made an idol of our politics because we take it too seriously we have treated politics as a game. As I've written before, the problem is not that we take politics too seriously, but that we have taken it seriously in all of the wrong ways. We have made an idol of our politics because we have looked to politics to do what God has not, while neglecting the very reason for politics in the first place. We have not been seeking to advance the common good in our politics lately. We have not viewed politics as the means by which we make decisions about how we will live together as a people. Politics, like so much else of our lives, has become a forum for self-expression, a forum which gives our animosities access to tools of coercion and cultural power. End quote. Jesus' followers wanted political salvation and Jesus prepared his followers and us for God's kingdom for the long term, which includes our Personal repentance, of course, it includes our following in faith. It includes loving our vulnerable neighbors, which we're going to be talking about here. And um, as Jamie's used and, and Lori both said, like this conversation is so tied into that. And so we thought, you know, as we go into this new year, as we go into a new presidential administration, into a new podcast with many, many challenges ahead, uh, we thought we'd start with a prayer. Here and wanted to start with a prayer that we saw in this past week from author Rochella Parham Lord, have mercy. Open my eyes to evil wherever it lurks and help me never to cooperate with it. Fill my heart with your love so that loving my neighbor and even my enemy is my reaction to every situation. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the Better Samaritan podcast. You can find links to the things we mentioned during this episode in the show notes, including Michael's newsletter, Reclaiming Hope, and Kent's book, Slow Kingdom Coming. And special thanks to the Brilliance for this fantastic music theme. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. You can also follow the Humanitarian Disaster Institute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next week as we continue learning to do good better.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast